Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solison. With me is my very talented friend who is an expert in all things rum, DC's elixir mixer himself, Dwayne Sylvester. DC elixir mixer. I think of myself more now as a drink bender. Maybe I will become DC's drink bender. Bender. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> well, when you figure out who you are, Dwayne, just come back to me, all right? Okay, so Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave and I uh, just packed up the dogs and head down, head down south. We went down to uh, North Carolina to visit a really, really good friend. Um, he's one of our closest, dearest friends. and uh, so I thought that was me, and I don't live in North Carolina. In North Carolina, only within the state of North Carolina. Oh, North Kakalaki. Exactly, North Kakalaki. So it's, it's an interesting place. It's, it's nice and green. It's, it's, it's uh, interesting. Um, not that I need any other reasons other than George, obviously, to go to North Carolina, but I thought I'd uh, share some fun facts with you that might just draw you to um, the first state that declared independence from England. Uh, so I knew that. You, did you? Did you know except, this, though? Go ahead. Except they called it Virginia back then. Um, here's something did you know that Babe Ruth hit his first home run in Fayetteville North Carolina and that was on March 7th 1914 that is not what she said she said he only got the first base hello (laughs) (laughs) but who's on first Uh, (laughs) and speaking of other great sporting events which you know that could be a sporting event um, the first Putt-putt golf, or mini golf, if you will, was built in North Carolina, in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina as well. <laughs> I got nothing. How's your putt-putt game? Um, are we still on air? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, are we? <laughs> um, okay, and either way, as many last... strokes as possible. <laughs> Hello. Um, this show, I tell you. So uh, here's one more little interesting fa- uh, fact. Um, apparently, the Venus flytrap is native to Hampstead, New Jersey, and actually only grows wild in the Carolinas. The Venus flytrap, which loads up an awful lot of other um, down south jokes as well. <laughs> yes, I was, I was, that, that was like too easy. I think we've had some good ones already. I want to let that one slide. Okay, good, good, good. Probably better that we do. Uh, Janice will be really upset with this if we don't. <laughs> what, what, what did you bring me? You went okay. to North Carolina. I, I haven't did. seen you in forever. I want gifts. You have them. You have them. And I actually got a gift while I was living, or while I was living, while I was staying in North Carolina. I got to hang out with the founder of Instill Distillery, and he's also the co-host of Drinkin' Brothers Sports Podcast. Um, I sat down with him at his distillery, Instill Distillery, which is in uh, Clayton, North Carolina. Clayton, North Carolina. Um, And uh, he was really generous. He shared all his... um, rums with me, um, told me some good stories, talked about business, um, but don't worry, I brought you back some of his tasty rums as well because I know our show can't go on without my trusty barkeep um, and I had to bring you back some really nice gifts. So uh, what did I bring you back? You ask me, I ask you, You're, you have the bag. What's in the bag, Wayne? What's in, What's the, in bag? the bag? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's see. This is tasty. Oh my gosh, I love the visuals on these bottles. Every bottle has a beautiful person on the bottle. They do. So they, it's really cool. Eric told me all about it. It's uh, They wanted to have their branding to be of strong women. And those are women of their area, of the Clayton, North Carolina area. And it's done, they commissioned a bunch of artists. He told me the whole story about it, which is really great. So all these, the imagery is a very strong women by a, by a, a single artist. Well, very strong women and over some very strong rum. I'm excited here. I have three rums. I have a the white rum from Instill Distilling. Mm -hmm. And then there's a beautiful spice rum, rum with natural flavors, also at 40% alcohol. And, uh, oh, how do I say this? Aeba, Aeba rum, which is like so, their gold or amber rums. That looks beautiful. Yeah. And so um, they do that with, uh, he talked about, told me all about that, about how they actually make that rum, and it's using technology to create the rum, to age the rum. So uh, why don't we uh, tip back if you uh, sip a little bit of his rums, and uh, we can sit back, listen to a little bit of the boozy banter, and uh, hear uh, Eric uh, tell us all about his rums, and you and I can talk about it on the flip side. Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. So Eric, thanks for having me. No, thanks Th for having me. Are thanks you kidding? for coming and hanging out with oh me. Oh my gosh. So uh, I hear you have a really interesting story. Tell me, how the hell did this all start? I mean, it's, so it all, <laughs> believe it or not, it all started out with a, uh, I always mess this part up because I always say an, a wine affinity, but it's affinity for wine, right? That's how you yes, say it? I have yeah. an affinity for wine? Yes, you have an affinity for wine. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it started out with a, a wine passion. We were, uh, my business partner and I were both serving in the military together um, on the special operations sides of things, and um, the operation tempo back then was really high. Oh, so, so you're just a real low-key kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a real introvert. A real introvert. <laughs> really shy guy. I bet. Um, and, you know, between training and deploying, we would sit around and drink wine. Um, our, our, our favorite thing to do was go to this place called the Meat House in Raleigh. So we'd drive up from Fayetteville and we'd go to the Meat House and we'd look for some kind of obscure piece of meat because they had all sorts of weird stuff like bison and elk and Just weird, most obscure weird meats. Yeah, and so we would go in there and we'd pick out something weird that you, you, know, you couldn't find at Lowe's or Harris Teeter. <laughs> and, um, and we'd take it home and grill it because back then the green egg was the cool thing, right? Like oh, now yeah, Traeger yeah, yeah. is kind of yeah, the cool thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm still a guy with, I'm still a green egg guy. Uh, um, is that a green egg, is that a sponsor of your podcast? No, I'm no. I'm just kidding. It's not. I wish <laughs> Were. Um, I green knew, egg if you're listening yeah, yeah green egg we love you green egg I, honest to god like um you know we do have the traeger but uh, the green egg man it's just it's the purest way of doing things in my opinion there you go but anyway we take it home to the, the green egg and we'd throw it on there and one day we were in there getting some weird i i, I think the meat was bison everybody always says what was the meat and i i don't really remember but i do believe it was bison and the guy said well you should take this bottle of wine home and i don't really remember the wine but i'm guessing it was a burgundy at the time, because I remember red. paying, I remember paying like thirty something bucks, and I remember it pairing perfect with the bison. Nice. Um, and so I, I think it was Burgundy, because I, I kind of remember what was on the bottle, knowing wine like I do now. I'm guessing it was you took, we went on with the Burgundy, but um, we took it home, and that was when the magic started. So we were like, "Wow, this is really good. The wine goes perfect with this. Our wives are really into it." And so 
after that, every weekend we went and got a different meat and a different wine. And then we started going to wine tastings and then wine classes. And then eight years later, I was like, you know, I'm gonna get out of the military. Look at you all ate, ate up, drink with your pinky up, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm like, I wanna get out and sell wine because I think I know something about Damn. wine. I got out of the military, realized I was a shit salesman. <laughs> that was not gonna work. Um, and so I did the only other thing a C student without a college education can do. And, and that is? Become a cop. So I became a Raleigh police officer, and I was a police officer for eight years. But while I was a police officer, um, I broke my leg fighting a murder suspect on, on Pool Road. Um, and we were fighting, and I broke my leg, and I got 12 screws, two pins, a plate, and a rod in my left leg. Broke from my ankle all the way up to my knees. And, um, and nice parting gift. It was a sure, good gift, yeah. Sure it's uh, fun going through the airports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still hurts, like every winter. Okay. Um, every cold front but um my wife i was stuck in a wheelchair my wife was was like you're i'm, I'm going out to grocery shop and you need to have found a hobby by the time i get back like <laughs> you've got to find something to do with your time yes, you're irritating the hell out of me and so she left she came back and i said i enrolled myself in the gallo wine academy online and then i also paid and registered for my certified specialist of wine exam test Nice. And she was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, how much did that cost? And I told her, and she was like, Eric, one, like that test is not something you just say you're gonna take. Like, well, that's a two year study and it's like 70% fail rate on your first time go. And and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, well, I've, I've got nothing but time. She's like, you have five months in a wheelchair. Like, that's not the kind of time you need. But that was it for me, man. Like, I studied. I studied harder than I'd ever studied for anything in my life. Um, about a year and a half later, I had finished the entire Gallo Wine Academy thing online. I'd done every course, every test that there wow. was on there. And um, I went uh, I went and took the exam and passed and became a certified specialist of wine. And then after I, I did that, I started working my way through the sommelier program. Um, finished up the first level of that, realized I don't want to be a sommelier. I mean, yeah. I love the professionalism of that culture. Yeah. I love the student ties. Sorry that you hear the shaking in the background. No, That's it's our a bartender sound. mixing us something it's magical. A, it's a magical uh, sound. It's the sound of magic. But yeah, I thought that um, the, uh, the, the professionalism, everything was great. Uh, and I like the student tie thing. What didn't you um, like? I'm just not that guy. Um, I can do a suit and tie. I yeah. can slick my hair back and get and do the haircut. You can get um, pretty. I can, and, and, and I can talk wine all days, but it's really just not my personality. My personality is kind of how you see me right now. Yeah. Uh, backwards hat and just kind of chill. Uh, I love wine. I love everything. I like the certified special wine. I like the farming and, and the chemistry and the making and the process. Red wine, sweet wine, fortified wine, sparkling wine. I love all of that. Um, but I wasn't really into... Again, like selling you on the wine, I, I like educating. Yeah. I really like yeah. educating. And as a sommelier, you you can you can't spend that much time at a table. And yeah. for me, it, once we pop that, it's like Pringles. Once you pop the can, I'm not stopping. <laughs> um, I'm talking about wine forever. So I, I got yeah, into I wine education. That. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. I mean, I, I'm the same. Oh, lovely. Yeah. This is uh, was this a Hawaiian Christmas song? Yeah. So we call this cocktail Ooh. the Hawaiian Christmas song. So we went like traditional, and I'm sorry, I, I've got ADD, so your listeners are just gonna have to keep up. It's okay. Um, but this is kind of like, you know, I can't even say tiki anymore because that's culturally inappropriate. Um, what are we supposed to say? Oh, we still say island. tiki. We can say tiki? Yeah, we can say um, tiki. Island cultural. Well, I would say um, in, in Hawaii, it's this, because you know, sure, I've lived yeah. there a long time. Right, yeah, right. We don't really have too much tiki. You know, actually, tiki comes from California. It, it does, not, right, San Francisco, not, yeah, right? And so now there's this up. whole cultural inappropriateness, mm. and it's crazy. Then, so anytime you say tiki, you're gonna get backlash, especially. Point, at that point, you're just like, please just drink your drink, yeah, and let's yeah, talk about what really matters. Rum nerds are a different breed. 
you think bourbon guys are bad? They're not. Bourbon guys are, are totally tame oh. compared to rum This nerds. is delicious. Um, but yeah, this was kind of our tiki take on Christmas. Um, we tiki call this one... Tiki take on Christmas? You can't say that take, after... Tiki take on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, man, we just got really inappropriate. We did. Christmas tiki all in one oh, sentence. Oh, there we go. Um, our, our island... Our island, island holiday inspired. cocktail. Yeah, island, island expired holiday cocktail. Yeah. So it's, it's purple. It looks great with a little it yellow is. umbrella. We will put a little red cherry in it. Nice. It's super cultural island it's tiki it's fucking tiki it's fucking christmas drink it we, um uh, you know, you'll be less offended you know, living in dc i mean we're in the south things are a little different here but you know i mean technically dc is the south it is yeah. the south but is we it? say tiki yeah it's that. yeah you're south of the i got gotcha. you yeah. yeah. you don't think about that because dc you got like maryland right there baltimore yeah you don't think and, it um, yeah when i moved there i was like wait i'm living in yeah, the south wait yeah, what that's weird um but yeah i actually lived like a yeah. See, I'm living in the north because I grew up in Florida. So to me, this is living in the north. Yeah, I uh, guess so. In North Carolina. You're almost a Yankee now, huh? Almost. I feel like I am a Yankee. <laughs> Actually, growing up in St. Augustine, Florida, I felt more like a Yankee because nobody's from St. Augustine, Florida. They're yeah. all from New York. They're all from... Well, all those uh, snowbirds and coming they in. Try to, yeah, and they yeah. try to blend the cultures together. So they, they're, they're still Yankees, but they're trying to be Florida redneck. Yeah. Or Florida cracker, as they call it <laughs> in, in Florida. <laughs> Cracker came from the term cracking the cracking whip on the, the bulls. Whip. Yes. Um, and, and the Indians actually gave them that name because they were always cracking whips at horses yes. and bulls. So the Indians gave them the name Cracker. It had nothing to do with You mean the Native that. Americans? Yes, the Native Americans. Uh, the Seminoles, <laughs> actually, is who gave that name. Um, and anyway, also, it's so. It's funny, we're usually not this politically correct on this show. Yeah. Thank you for you know, I raising everything. the bar. Listen, Thank I you for everything. raising the bar. Uh, I am a <laughs> disgusting human being. <laughs> My wife will tell you. Uh, yes, some of the military culture never left me. So, um, but yeah, uh, so the, the Florida cracker thing, they, yeah. um, the Yankees come down there and they say, you want another hot dog, y'all? So yeah. trying to blend it. So yeah. you're like, did you say hot dog and y'all in the yeah. same sentence? Like, See, I don't, um, yeah, lived in the South for a while and uh, never adapted y'all in my, because I yeah. can't say it correctly right. every time I try. I'm obviously trying. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, Florida doesn't really have like its own language, like North Carolina. Like yeah. you come up here, man, and, and, um, you know, y'all is, that's part of, it's hey y'all, yeah. hey y'all. Actually, there's a rum distillery, not a rum distillery, but a spirits distillery. Um, and their whole slogan is hey y'all, which hey I thought was always yeah. funny. That is funny. So North Carolina. Well, it, it's, it's interesting living in the South and not being from the South. I realized that, you know, the rest of us just lump it all together. Right. Minus Florida. Yes. Everything in, in right. Texas. Florida, and you know, Florida was the last state. It's the oldest, the St. Augustine is the oldest city in America. Yep. But not the first, because it was owned by Spain. Yep. So um, they never got credit. But. Do you also know that there are no dinosaur fossils in the entire state of Florida? I believe it. And the reason why is Except it alligators. Was underwater. Yeah. During, during sure. dinosaur age. Sure, sure. Which is a why probably why the alligators, alligators are so prevalent down there. Because those are dinosaurs. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's a fucking dinosaur. When you look at an alligator, if you don't see a dinosaur, you have them, you're you crazy. Have, you have gators or. Tons, yeah, I, mean, I grew right? up in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, towards like, the beach, but yeah. not. So I grew up like not being able to go to school because alligators would would block the the neighborhood entrance. Really? And the bus wouldn't be able to get down. You're not allowed to run over them. Yeah. So they would. You just you well, would, you instead know, of having a snow day, you'd have an alligator. That's day. Mother Nature's way of trying to thin our herd. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, scary. I'll send the alligators after you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Florida's a train wreck, man. If you live in Florida, it's like living in Australia. Um, you got to be tough. The mosquitoes. Uh, you got alligator stabbing turtles. Yeah. All those snakes. Tons of poisonous snakes. Casey Anthony. Yeah. Casey Anthony. You got to worry about that. <laughs> Florida's a yeah, train wreck. It is a train wreck. Um, you, and you have people leaving their pets. 
they're pet snakes and now they have the giant like, like was it pythons or something pythons that are like a billion lo- feet long they're like abnormally you know, big best thing i ever did was get out of florida yeah best thing that i ever did my brother lives there and i i will I and it. not not during obviously no. this time but in certain right. before our dark days of covid but you know uh, they're so strong in florida that they don't even give a fuck about covid they're just <laughs> wide open they were like covid come on we've got casey anthony <laughs> let's go send it everybody do what you want yeah, um, yeah exactly. i respect that yeah he has uh, gators that walk up to his house and, yeah. you know and then i do think it's interesting that everybody has lear- their lanai's uh screened in that yep. makes sense there what is a lanai so a lanai is one of those words that, that stuck in my, my vocabulary, my okay. jargon, uh, or part of my jargon now from Hawaii. There's a few words, and that word works so well because it's any outdoor space. Okay. It can be, it doesn't mean, if it doesn't matter if it's a deck, it's a patio, it's a, like we have like all the a balcony, all of those things in Hawaii, lanais. Lanais. Yeah. And mm. you can just, yeah. Sounds super cultured. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I wouldn't be able to pull it off. I would try to pull it off and sound smart, and everybody would make fun of me. I'd be like, what did you just say, Eric? <laughs> what did you just say? But everyone has a screened-in lanai, because yeah. otherwise the mosquitoes You have to have one. If you don't have a screened-in lanai in you Florida... Can't, you can't no, go outside. You'll get picked up by the mosquitoes and taken yeah. off to the the great land the forgotten. Yeah. All right, so should we get back to your rum? What do we yeah. have? We have little tastings here. Yeah, I do. I've never had your rum, and I've heard really good things. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I did the going back to where we left off, I uh, I know I'm a train wreck. That's okay. Uh, what, I built to the show. I uh, was started. I wanted wine education was one thing, yep. so I started teaching wine classes. I ran into a lawyer, and he was like, "Hey, man." Uh, just took took your class. I heard you're a cop, and I said, "Yeah, I am." And he's like, "I'm a lawyer." I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and um, and he was like, "Man, you should come to my law firm." And, what kind of law? Um, medical litigation. Oh. So okay. he, uh, you know, people are like wrongful death. Yeah. Suits, stuff like that. Uh, Light stuff. Actually, it was funny because a friend of mine had gotten uh, a tattoo lasered off and, and, and had severed like some kind of ligament. They left oh the laser on too long. And he was a Green Beret and, and he lost a lot of movement in, oh his, in his arm. And <laughs> this guy actually represented him. What's crazy, Green Beret loses, I mean, of all the things that they do, yeah. getting a tattoo removed. He gets jacked up getting a, a tattoo removed. Um, but anyway, so uh, I started hanging out at his office once a week and, and it was crazy because you know, I'm a cop and he's a lawyer. We're complete opposites. He's a Democrat. I'm a, a Republican. Um, if I had to choose, I would probably choose Republican. And he's a different religiously than I am. And so everything about us was 100% opposite. Yeah. But our banter um, was always fun and lighthearted and entertaining. And it was never really argumentative. We're still like that to this day. And um, one night we were just drinking, and it was kind of like that was my wind down um, because I <laughs> wind down. Uh-huh. But I would go to, to his his law firm. We'd lock the door, and he'd pull out some wine. And it was always like really good wine, and we we're always competing to see who could bring the best wine the, for the night. Nice. And we would just talk all sorts of cool, fun stuff. And and one day I um, gave a rant about craft spirits and and how I thought craft spirits was was failing, um, whereas the craft beer was winning. And and I thought if craft spirits could just go in that direction that you know craft spirits could be the next thing and and he'd made a joke like let's let's get a still and like how let's long make, ago is this like four years ago oh, wow. and he was like let's make rum uh or not make rum but he was like let's make some spirits in my garage and we could <laughs> you know do our own thing and i was like yeah yeah let's do it well we woke, woke up the next day sobered up a little bit i figured <laughs> that a cop and a lawyer morally ethically and legally uh probably shouldn't be dabbling in and moonshining but I mean, that was it, man. Like uh, the seed had been planted in my brain. Um, I woke up the next day, I told my wife, I said, look, I'm gonna open up a distillery. She laughed, because I had just like had this wine blog that was just taken off. I mean, we'd had like 22,000 followers, Aldi and Lidl and a bunch of other uh, Trader Joe's, they'd reached out to us to, to nice. do uh, 
pay blogs on their stores. Um, we had a, a master of wine that was contacting us, sending us wine. We had a whole, you know, our, every part of our house was full of, of wine to, to rate and review, and, and it was really great. And I said, you know, and she said, well, what about this? What about this website? You know, what do you, what about the website? And I was like, I'm done with the website. And she was like, you can't be like, we put hundreds and thousands of hours. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to build a distillery. She was like, with what money? I was like, I don't know. You're asking a lot of questions. I haven't had any coffee, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. And um, Well, ADD, are you? Yeah. Or ADHD, I, I should and say. And I spent the next six months Googling how to write a business plan. And then I spent three months after the six months writing a business plan. And then I pitched it back over to the lawyer. I said, hey, man, look, I wrote this. What do you think about it? I'm going to try to find like an investor or something. I don't really know what the next step is. Maybe find a loan. But I want to make sure that this plan is legit and it looks right. And he was like, man, I've had a lot of people pitch me business plans. I've never had one like this. I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'll be your partner. Wow. And, I, and you'll just do this. And I'll just do your legal stuff. And I'll, and I'll back you up. And he's like, but I'm, if I have to gamble, I'm gambling on you. And I nice. was like, wow. So I said, but look, man, I've got this buddy. We started in special operations together. We've been on this journey our whole lives. He's, he's uh, 15 years in. He's got five years till retirement. And I was like, you know, this really would be our dream as well. So can we bring him on? And he was like, sure. So we brought him on. And the three of us, we, you know, under the pretense of, of I wanted to make craft spirits win. And yeah. I think before we get into the tasting, that's what's yeah. the most important is that our motto here at Instill Distilling Company is that I wanted to be a blue collar di uh, distillery with a white collar spirit at a blue collar price. Because when I was rating reviewing wines blindly, um, there was a direct correlation to wines that, that reviewed high, even blindly. Um, a wine that reviews high, when you often look at it in its totality, it has a great story. The owners are great people. Um, Everything about the bottle has a story from what's on the front of the label to what's on the back of the label. There's 100% there's transparency on the bottle. And it's and the bottles that don't score well, blindly, again, like you've already scored it, rated it, and graded it, and now you're seeing the bottle. And you're like, well, I, I didn't give this wine a very good rating. And then you look at the bottle label, and it's got a terrible story in the front. It's owned by a conglomerate, yeah. or it's owned by a corporation, or, you know, and, and there's nothing personal about the whole thing. It's just a gimmick. And there's no transparency. Um, and so I was like, you know, and, and Craft Spirits is really kind of going down that route. Whereas I thought there was a lot of craft distillers, not all of them, but a lot of them would have like 32 investors and calling themselves a craft distillery. But that's not, where's the craft? Like you're just throwing money at the industry and they're coming out with the same vodka um, or the same, and what I call bad vodka, where it's like, you know, um, uh, you know these guys making rum even where there's no flavor right like yeah. like we're just distilling it to neutral and for your listeners out there and distillation neutral is the easiest thing in the world to do like vodka making good vodka is not easy no. i'm not saying that yeah but making vodka is easy yeah. making something to label vodka is easy it's, it's because like you know they say starbucks has the same coffee in washington as it does in south africa because they burn the roast have yes. you ever heard that yes so they burn the roast so it tastes the same but it's kind of it, it's still burnt coffee it tastes right? like burnt and so when you get exactly real craft coffee there's a huge difference yep. and so that's kind of the burnt coffee thing is kind of like what the spirits industry is doing with neutral spirits. We're making spirits that are 100% neutral because it's really quick and easy. Yep. You're just distilling it over and over again. So yep. you see like once, twice, three times distilled. Well, what you're saying is that you've, you've got no flavor. Yeah. But that's easy to make a product that has no flavor all the way across the board. And so people are, have thought in their brains that spirits are supposed to taste like water. They're not supposed to have a burn. And I correlate that to like natural light, Bud Light, and Coors Light, right? Yeah. Like remember, remember 15 years ago when all <laughs> beer tastes the same? Yeah. Remember that? And yeah. you would just go on brand. Yep. Like, well, I'm a Coors Light guy or I'm a Bud Light girl. I mean, if you did it on blind tasting, 
you never found a difference. Yeah. So I thought the spirits industry was really headed down that direction where everybody was making Bud Light, Coors Light, Natural Light. There wasn't a big difference. There wasn't anything crafty about it. It was like, let's distill it to neutral. Let's throw it in an oak barrel. Let's leave it there for four years. I mean, there's like 13 major bourbon distilleries in Kentucky, but how many bourbons are on the shelf? Like hundreds, you know what oh, I mean? But there's only 13 yeah. major bourbon yeah. distilleries because they've all renamed, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I think Ancient Age is the same thing as, you know, is two years younger Buffalo Trace, something like that. I mean, it's all kind of correlated into this big, giant, in my opinion, like, let's just put it in an oak barrel and mask all the disguising of the taste and, and the characteristics. And that's why bourbon guys, to me, just aren't very interesting human beings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because bourbon doesn't really get that much different um, in that whatever 19 mile stretch of Kentucky, 20 mile stretch of Kentucky. Um, I, I'm more of like a, a rum, mezcal, tequila, bourbon, scotch. Irish. I'm basically an alcoholic. I like all of it. I enjoy drinkers. Professional drinker. Yeah, I'm yes, a designated drinker. Yes. And so I wanted to make spirits that were more around with what it was back in the old days where you wanted flavor, where you wanted this, you know, where you manipulated the body and the texture and and drink it like wine and my whole goal was is and, and my business plan even says it is that i'm not in it to win the money i'm in it to win gold medals oh. like i am in it to win yes and i want to win at a blue collar price because there's nothing greater than reviewing a wine blindly or a beer blindly figuring out how excellent it is reading this fabulous story and then hitting the price point of 20 bucks and yeah. 19 bucks and you're like what yeah holy cow like why isn't everybody in the world drinking this yeah, it's funny as i call those my wednesday night wines but okay. they act but i drink them almost all the time but it's yeah. because it's a really great wine but it's yeah. at a good price point right. and they're really hard Bank to find yeah yeah and my thing is that it doesn't just because you spent a lot doesn't mean you got better right not all, yeah you know and then sometimes you spend a lot just because um you know, for the nostalgic purposes yeah. or whatever, you know, it'd be like going to a batting cage and swinging a DeMarini bat, which is obviously better than a wooden bat. But if it was Jose Canseco's wooden bat, <laughs> like let's pay more money because it's Jose Canseco's wooden bat, right? Like obviously DeMarini, the DeMarini's gonna make the ball go further, but I'd rather pay I'm the extra to, to say- i to follow I, your lead on yeah. that one. I cannot support nor deny your comment. Uh, Burgundy okay. wines. Anytime somebody no, says, you why said would the you- bat. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I yeah. No well, idea. tying it back into wine, that would be like Burgundy. Like somebody like, why would you pay $1,200 for a bottle? Is it that much better? You're like, no, but I mean, these are wines that were planted by yeah. Caesar when he was moving the gulls <laughs> out of- No, I mean, it was, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, yes, the, the, yes, the vineyard, yes. Yeah, they the, planted the those vines. grapes. Yes. I mean, they, they yeah. were literally pushing the gulls out down into Germany and they stopped in France. He was like, hold on, hold this, like one of the greatest military campaigns of all time he's like hold the boat let's plant vineyards right here in burgundy right like you can still yes. some of those plots of land are still there to this day and that like that's why that wine's 1200 bucks not because it tastes so much better right yeah, i was just like you made me think caesar was making the wine and no 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 the, uh there's a great book called wine and war i think oh, that's interesting. I think I got that. That one. yeah it's all about like war and wine Dang. wine and war wine. um so. good figure but uh anyway that's where i got all that information from and i was so you're gonna hold out on me or can we taste it yeah you want to taste some more so so what our goal was in making um this rum is to balance right uh complexity um flavor we make our rum different than anybody in the world, right? So um, 
I'm not going to tell you how to make rum, but essentially what we did was we blogged about sugar for a very long time. We found this sugar that's made in uh, India. Mm -hmm. It's called jaggery, and it's where they take pure cane juice, and instead of putting it through a centrifuge and pulling out all the impurities, you know, impurities being white cane sugar, brown sugar, and then molasses, right? Yep. So that all comes from just pure juice. And then what you're left with is clear juice, which is, you know, what is, is your simple syrup or whatever that's natural without preservatives. Um, but what we did was we found this sugar in, in India called jaggery, and it's got all that stuff left in it. When you melt it down, um, it's pure cane juice with all the white sugar, brown sugar, and molasses still left in it and nobody's ever used it before. And that's the only pure way of being able to make rum here in North Carolina because pure cane sugar goes bad very quickly. In about two hours, it goes really? bad. Yeah, so um, that's why everybody uses molasses. Uh -huh. um, and so we wanted to make more of a rum agricultural-style thing, yep. agricultural rum. And so what we did was uh, we we called India. We said, what's this dehydrated cane juice? Well, it comes in a brick. It looks like heroin. I don't yeah. get caught for eight years, so I know what bricks of heroin look like. But, I like um, how you clarified that. It was because I was a yeah, cop. Yeah, it was because I was a cop. cop. No, I, I've never done heroin, <laughs> nor would I ever. Um, but uh, I've seen it in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we called them and they were, they don't make alcohol in India, right? It's against the law. And um, so the, we, we asked them how they did it and they, they were like, well, no, we, we don't have any information. So I actually called an Indian um, uh, chemist, a fermentation scientist actually. And the guy was like, oh yeah, yeah, you can, you can ferment it easily. Um, and we were like, great. And we're like, well, can we order some? And they're like, yeah, but if you're gonna order it, we're, you know, for us to make this worthy for us, we're not gonna do anything less than a thousand pounds. And, uh, wow. you know, we don't have any loans, we don't have any investors, and we don't have any credit cards. I mean, this is just our money that we throw in it. Uh, over the course of three years, we saved up money for this, all of us. We were just wow. pitching in money to an account. And, um, One big piggy bank. Right. And, um, and so, you know, for us to take a thousand pound gamble on, on the sugar that nobody's ever used before yeah. was crazy. So we got an Indian market in, in Cary, North Carolina to split it with us. So he took 500 pounds and we took 500 pounds. Um, once we got it here, it's a 14 pound brick and how do you get it into, how do you get it back into sugar? Do you put it in a microwave? Do you, you know, boil it? And so we tried all these things, it was just taking forever. We couldn't figure out how to do it and we found the best way to do it is just beat it with an ax. So we have hatchets, so we still do it this way. We lay out a big tarp, we bust it down with hatchets, That's we dump it all hilarious. into a vat and then we pour hot water over it. Well then we didn't have any yeast that could eat this um, we couldn't find any yeast that would eat it and so our distiller Jude Finance um, Jude started manipulating sugar um, I mean yeast he started growing and cultivating it straight from the ground up we started with Kvike which is this Nordic yeast and that's kind of like the parent cell I guess and, and he could get a lot nerdier than I can about this um, but basically he took that mutated it and started growing his own yeast outside of that and wow. so we have this big giant yeast growing operation in our <laughs> laboratory which is, is fantastic and, and it puts out these crazy esters and then the only thing I thought we were missing to go really traditional rum that Jamaican style was the funk. And in Jamaica, they have this funk because it's a third world country and bugs often get in their open fermenters and they got to get the bugs out and, and the bugs have already laid things that spoil the rum and they let it spoil so far that it actually gets good again. Yeah. So it smells like a Band-Aid, smells like vomit, and then it starts to smell like chocolate and then bananas and override bananas <laughs> and eventually pineapples. And, and they, they call it the funk, right? So we're like, how do we get the funk? And so we started letting these, uh, we, let, we, would take, we take a certain batch of rum and we let it open ferment we allow Britannomyces and, and Lactobacillus to kind of take over, which is just natural yeast that, that are normally bad um, for beer making or anything like that. And we let it go bad um, until those esters start to smell a little bit fruity. And then we take it and we add it into a good fermentation and we distill it and that's what gave us our funk. And oh, so right when we got, yeah, after a year, you know, in every batch of our rum, and we've been open a year and four months, year and five months now, every batch had been different. 
um, mm -hmm. from the day one. So day one was like 100% molasses, and then yeah. we started adding sugar, and we didn't like it, and then we started getting jaggery, mixing it, and blending it. And so finally, after about August um, this year, September this year, we finally found a recipe that I was like, okay, this is it. This is the best rum that I've ever had, and, and I really enjoy it, and this is it. This is perfect. Um, we entered it into the John Barley Corner Awards, which is an international spirits competition. It's the first rum that we ever put in, and it came back. We got a gold medal nice. right off the bat. So um, yeah, so the first rum you're going to drink is, uh, is our gold medal, 80 proof white rum. Nobody makes white rum that you can drink neat. Um, you know, everybody mixes cocktails in it. But this has got this very grassy, earthy, funky. Mm -hmm. You can taste the, the kind of thickness of the molasses, but you don't get a lot of molasses taste. You almost get like a smokiness to it. Um, the grassy right off the... Right after that, when you said that, that was the first. John Barleycorn called it uh, the John Barley, which is Master Psalms and Spirits Writers. Um, uh, they they called it dried apricot. It's really nice. It's really easy to drink, and to your point, it's not like super molasses. It's not like over. no. It's like it's more more grassy, right? Yeah, like it's more yeah. like this. It feels like it. It. it, it, it it would make for a good workhorse behind the bar. It's a great daiquiri. Like, so yes. you can, because it's not, it's it, it feels like it plays well with other ingredients. It really does. Like, yeah. obviously it, we're tasting it in this Hawaiian Christmas drink that you're, you've got to taste here. Yep. Um, but it's this, it's just this really good grassy kind of, um, it's very rum agricolish. Like mm -hmm, if you've ever had mm -hmm. any R-H-U-M's, that's yep. the different, the different different difference there uh r-u-m versus r-h-u-m but it's a very r-h-u-m tasting rum <laughs> it's a very r-h-u-m tasting r-u-m it's gonna be a great song uh our next this one is, is just our rum. signature white rum but then we've added spices and, and just rather than just throwing spices at it we've added the best spices in the world we oh, use ceylon cinnamon so which is um, oh yeah clone i think it's clone five ceylon cinnamon from sri lanka it's the oldest surviving cinnamon clone in existence um, so it is a little bit cinnamon heavy. We've tried to mellow that out over the years, but you've got this little vanilla, kind of a caramel thing um, left behind. But again, we're kind of going for balance um, and structure. Um, I don't think our spice drum is, is there yet. I think it's still cinnamon heavy. Um, and, I, and, and so before I put it into any awards, I'm still trying to back off the cinnamon. But when you back it off is, the cinnamon- It is definitely cinnamon forward, it is, very yeah. much so. Yeah. And so, and, and it's crazy because we add less cinnamon, um, but then when you add less cinnamon, the anise pokes through. Yeah. Um, so then we added less anise and then the clove poked through. So then we were like, fuck it, let's just take off everything. Like, let's just let less of everything. And the cinnamon came right back. Yeah. And we were like, what in the devil? And so then we started adding like more burnt oak um, to try to get like a more vanilla thing going. And the cinnamon still poked through. And so like, we're still um, nine months into the spice rum and we've changed the recipe every time and blasted the daggone cinnamon just won't. Well, um, it'll round out. I mean, you'll find it. It's funny yeah. when you said poke, and I, what I was seeing in my head is when I was tasting like spikes of, mm -hmm. the of and it wasn't round. Right, right. Um, but it is, but it's, I mean. It's very tasty. I bet you, and it's one of our best-selling really products. Good at, like any kind of Christmas. Oh my gosh. And what you're about to taste in this. Little. What is this drink, honey? I mean, I know it's what's in it, but this one's called Stuff My Stocking, and it's a coffee liqueur uh, oh. made with our spice drum. This this is really good. I bet uh, this could be a hangover, though. Oh, it's so it's delicious. It's so good, though, because you drink so many. And all that. Well, actually, this is so this good. is your um, this is when you wake up with a hangover. This is your hair of the oh, dog. Oh, hair of the dog. Right, yeah. it's still got that coffee. It's yeah. still like overtly coffee. Yeah. Um, taste to it. You can't yep. really even taste the rum. No, you can't. It's um, really nice in it's here. It's like more like Bailey's, right? Uh, but um, you know that, that just kind of shows you what our spice rum can do. It also goes great in hot buttered rum, which is oh, kind of my favorite. You know, yeah. I love hot buttered rum at this time of year when it's cold outside. This would so, actually be good to cook with. I know that. Sounds, oh, it is. I don't yeah, no, 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 no. We fondue I mean, with it all the time. Yeah, I mean, like I, I made a, a butter uh, rum 
uh, pecan pie this oh, year geez. and this yeah. but I just went with a just a I actually I used rum out of Hawaii to make it oh. and it's a uh, it's honey and cocoa um, and it's it's this distiller's working on it, yeah. but this this the particular bottle is really good. and It's really good to cook with, obviously. Yeah. With those, those yeah. honey and you shouldn't cook with anything that you're not willing to drink, right? Absolutely. So, like when you say you're cooking with my product, like that to me is a sign of, you know, like like that doesn't offend me at all. I'm like, oh yeah. great, because a real chef doesn't cook with something that he wouldn't drink. So Definitely. if you're saying you cook with it, it means you drink with it. Um, chef Puak from Conspiracy Cuisine um, flambéed a uh, Cuban sandwich on a stick. So he deconstructed a Cuban sandwich, put it on skewers. Yeah. Um, including the pickle, which was my favorite part. The skewered <laughs> pickle, I've never had it before. It was intense. Um, and he flambéed the skewers with our white rum, and it was oh. really cool. What um, does the rum do in that scenario? I don't know. Did, um, did you taste it when you ate yes, the food? Yes, you, you could taste the kind of grassiness on top of, could the, you? On top of the Cuban yeah. sandwich on a stick. So yes. basically, you know, it's like... I was just wondering cool. if it just made a flame, or did it really no, did you I mean, get the it, No, you, you could definitely kind of taste that, kind of like that, um, you know, and, and that's kind of I mean, with savory earthy, food, like it's very yeah, earthy, yeah. You know what I mean? Wondering. So it brought that whole earthy gaminess kind of to the cool. to the Cuban sandwich. I, can say I have not ever done us flame flambade flambade flambade. I just got the south, huh? Let me do some of that flambade. Hell yeah, light that on fire. That's my North Carolina. <laughs> do you get voice. in trouble when you do that? I don't really get in trouble. Um, I'm actually, I got officer of the year. Oh, I, I guess got, the I got, top military keeps you from getting passed. When, I, um, when I got officer of the year, I got fired the same year. It was viral news. <laughs> I got fired the same year that I was officer of the year. I got fired because I opened up a distillery. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those blue locks they said work. it was. They said it was uh, unbecoming of an officer to own a distillery. Uh, and they gave really, me three days' that notice. Is, that is, which is really like, funny because this is still the Bible Belt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's this crazy. is the Bible Belt. Yeah. this is the capital of the Bible Belt. Yeah. I was um, trying to be nice there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, I, I just can't believe that that could still. It was the best thing that's now. ever happened to me because the, the story went viral. I was on several podcasts, really big podcasts. Um, well, why do you think you're here? Great. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's awesome. So getting um, getting fired from the but it was funny because everybody was like, "Man, how does he get off a year?" And he literally says whatever he's thinking. Like, I'm the most politically incorrect, most offensive, disgusting <laughs> piece of shit human being you've ever met. And I don't believe that. I am. I, I, in the sense is that I say exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. What, and I don't care what you think or what, what, how you judge me. Um, I don't care. I've never cared what anybody thinks about me. I, I try to wake up every day and I literally, um, even when I was a cop, I, I said a prayer every day on my way to work. Believe it or not, I do pray. Um, as foul as I am. But I would pray every day. I said, Lord, if there is, is the call, and I call it the call, and, and the call is not something, um, the call is not something crazy, right? Like yeah. some people, the call is like, ooh, where I'm going to be a hero. And I'm going to say, they know, to me, like I said, God, if there's the call, help me to answer the call. Whatever it is today, it's the call. And the call is always the, there's somebody broke down on the side of the road and I don't want to pull over to help them because it's hot as fuck outside. I'm in this uniform and I don't want to yeah. get dirty and go back to the locker room. That's the call. That's the call that I pray that if I see that, Lord, help me not to be so fucking lazy yeah. that I don't pull over and help that person. The call is when you go to the domestic and you know it's bullshit and you know it's garbage and they're just drunk and they need to go sleep yeah. it off, but it's taking that next step and spending five minutes with a child in the next room that's just fucking scarred for life yeah. and trying to be a good person to that that child. It, the call was, was not like the heroic, like let's get in a gun battle and be a hero. The call is all the bullshit that you have to deal with that you don't want to do as yeah. a cop. So as a cop, I woke up every day and said like, Lord, 
board, whatever the call is in the city, that one that nobody wants to take because it's just asinine and there's a shit ton of paperwork and there's no glory in it and nobody's yeah. gonna give a fuck how you did or what you did and you're not gonna get an award for it. Like, help me to answer that call. Like, that's what I wanna be on this earth for. And that's really what I took pride in and being a cop was just like driving around and trying to find, not the heroic calls, yeah. but those calls where people actually like physically need you. But, but in that, I would always, you know, joke um, and say whatever I wanted and, and highly offensive and people would be like, man, it's so funny that you could walk into a place, say that, and the people just smile and still give you hugs and thank you. Like, if I would say something like that. I think that, I think what it is, it's intent. intent. I think, I think there's yeah. intent. You know what, it's funny, like when I was in, in Afghanistan, I was cussing this dude out one side down the other and I told my interpreter I was like look you fucking tell this guy every fucking word that I say and I don't fucking care if it offends him I don't care like this piece of shit he's, I want you every fucking word and he was like alright hold on hold on I was like no there's no holding on you tell him every word that comes out of my mouth he's like wait you say so many cuss words and we don't have words <laughs> that are equivalent to the cuss words that you say. So the context isn't coming through. I was like, what do you mean you don't have cuss words? He was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, why would you Why would you invent words that you can't say? And I was like, what? And he was like, in Afghanistan, we don't have words that you can't say. And he was like, and you're saying words that you can't say in your own language, but we don't have words that we can't say in our language. So it really isn't like as impactful as you might think it's being. And that's why he's still smiling at you. So we're having this whole debate and there's this like, you know, this yeah. Afghan dude just standing there like, oh, what's going on? Um, he could tell that I'm angry. And he was like, so you need to articulate yourself better. Better. I was like, don't you use words like articulate. You're from a third world country. <laughs> don't you like, correct you me, You offend this man. You offend this man right now. But I always took that with me because I was like, man, wouldn't that be crazy? Like that there's cultures that don't have words that are off the table, that they don't have things that, that really are offensive. Like they just don't invent those kind of words. Yeah. Well, like, why did we invent words that we can't say? Well, also because, I mean, the English language is a, just a mixing Melting bowl of, of all kinds of languages. And of some all asshole languages. decided there were a few words we couldn't say. Yeah. Jackass. Hate that guy. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. Um, so, now the Let's next rum. On. What is this? What the am I, next rum that you're going on. Now, this is something special. So, um, there's this young uh, college guy that came in here and he was like, Look, I'm from, I'm from NC State. Hold on. Once I explain it to you, this is all going to make sense to you. Um, so, a guy comes in here and he says, um, I'm from NC State. I started this, this master's program in business and we had to write a business plan. We had to, to do this thing. And when I graduated, I took my business plan and actually made the business happen. And so basically he started this company called Ava Laboratories. And what they do is they age spirits in a machine um, and we've all heard of that, right? Mm -hmm. But that was started right here in North Carolina wow, from crazy. NC State. And, and I said, yo, I've heard of it or heard of it. And I was like, you know, to be honest with you, give me your pitch. Let me hear it. Because he's young. I mean, the guy's like 26, 27. No, he's probably like 28. Asshole. Um, yeah, so uh, young guy. So he's uh, he's telling me this whole thing, and, and I said, okay, so what distilleries do? And he's like, well, you know, we actually have like, I think he said like 28 or 38, something like that. We got 38 distilleries that um, that use our product, but we sign non-disclosure forms, so we're not allowed to disclaim who they are. And I said, <laughs> I said, that is so, that's such bullshit. That's like what's wrong with this industry. And I was like, I'll tell you what, just to prove a point to those guys, I've, I've tasted stuff that's been aged through technology um, and I think it is great. I'm, I'm kind of a purist, but I'm more of a reasonableness than I am yeah. a purist. So I believe in like being reasonable. And I was like, I'll tell you what, dude, uh, I'll start this project with you. And this was like a 10 minute meeting. I was like, I'll start this project with you. But I'm calling the rum Ava rum. It's not going to be called amber rum. It's not going to be called aged rum. It's yeah. not, I'm going to call it Ava for Ava Laboratories rum. And the whole back of the bottle is going to be about how we age this through technology. And we're going to be 100% transparent about it. And I'm putting your picture on our website. And that's how it's going to go. Or I'm not doing it. And the guy was like, oh my gosh, you'll, 
you would do all that for us? <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I think, I mean, I, I, I want to tribute to thinking outside the box. I want to be a tribute to creativity and ingenuity, but I don't do gimmicks here yeah. at Instill a Selling Company. We don't do fucking gimmicks. We're here to win. We're here to yeah. make the best rum on the planet, but we're not tricking anybody. Yeah. And I was like, I love your attitude and your position on life, and I, and I don't want to say no to a guy like you because I, I know the grind and I know what it's like to try to be creative and get shit on all the time and be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship sucks. Yep. So we're saying the world. <laughs> Um, and I was like, so we'll do it. And so he was like, well, I, the problem is, I don't know if the Tax and Trade Bureau, which is who regulates all your verbiage on your bottles, they're very strict. He's like, well, they're gonna make you classify this rum. And I was like, well, we're gonna classify it as Ava, which isn't a thing. And so we sent in, and we actually got a call back from the federal government. They're like, so this looks like it would be an amber rum in classification, but you put other, and you wrote in Ava? Like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, look at the back of the label. It explains yeah. exactly what it means. And they're like, well, don't you wanna just call it Amber amber rum because I mean you're still using oak oak chips and everything. And I was like no because if you put amber rum on something, that makes the layperson know that it's been aged on oak and, and I don't want anybody to pick up our rum and think that they've been bamboozled yeah. or fooled um, into what we've done. So I said you know um, you know we want to do Ava rum and we're, it'll be our own classification, which I'm guessing is going to be suicide for competitions because there is no Ava Labs oh. category. <laughs> So I think we're gonna have to enter it under Amber Rum. I, I don't know, we haven't put it in for any awards yet. But um, what we did is, is I wanted to make this rum. Uh, but, I spent but the, my, my branding background, uh, even though you run into this, classi this classification issue when you were talking about award winning, but with your consumer, you're being forward, you're yeah, being yeah. straight. I mean, that, that's, I applaud you for that. For branding, anytime you can be true. Right. And uh, I mean, I mean earning the trust about, yeah. of your consumer. Is, and that's and earning it and, and keeping it. Is, and that is what we're all about. Um, you know, we wake up every day to be living examples of um, blue collar, what blue collar ethics should be, man. And, and I do it, you know, people say like, what did you, why? You know, that's what the entrepreneurial thing to do is, what you, why, man? Um, <laughs> you know, my why is that I want my kids to see that you can do shit the, the easy right, or the hard right way than the easy wrong way. And that they, you don't have to throw money at your problems. It's not about going and getting investors. It's not about going and getting credit cards. It's not about, I mean, literally we started with six hats and we sold those six hats and bought 12 hats. We sold 12 hats, we bought 24 hats. Yeah. You know, now we sell 24 hats on a fucking Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we sell more swag in here, um, you know, almost than we do bottles. Our, our <laughs> swag is insane. Like, everybody's on our website, like, just ordering the shit out of our swag. They love it. We, we produce great quality swag, um, but we're very honest in our swag as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I want my kids to see a living example of what it's like to wake up and to grind, to get up at 8.30 every day, or to be at work by 8.30 every day. Um, and again, not just going and getting millions of dollars, getting 32 investors and, um, trying to make overnight success. I don't believe in an overnight success. I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, you know, people can be like, what about Tito's? They just blow up. But no, I mean, Tito's fucking worked his ass off for 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Like in his basement before Tito's was a billion dollar, billions with a B um, industry, you know? And I have a lot of respect for Tito's. Um, yeah, they just bought my know. friend's parents' property. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Um, that is dope. Yeah, uh, they're the na they're, his parents are the neighbors. When I say neighbors, they own yeah. like, half of Austin. I mean, they have, yeah. like, the acreage that they own is, like, in the hundreds of acres. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. It's like, I'm like, you have what? Yeah, your, mean, your dad and mom own what? Money. And so Tito's bought a portion yeah. of their ranch. Texas ranch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's you I need know. to make sure I stay friends with this guy. Right. You know. Mm. So, yeah, we, you know, I mean, that's kind of what we're about. So, this rum right here is 86 proof um, yeah. because what do you do with rum, right? You make cocktails. Mm -hmm. So, um, I figure if you're going to put it in a cocktail, like, let's make it just a little bit stronger so that when we put it in a cocktail, yeah. we're not diluting it so yep. much. Um, I spent a lot of time going over oak blends 
Um, you know, we tried French oak and American oak, 100% French oak, French charred oak, French heavy charred oak, French low char. I mean, we <laughs> spent, I mean, you could literally make a different rum just on different chars of oak and That's from so around cool. the world. Um, um, this one we went with uh, American medium charred oak at 90%, and then we did, um, or 90 five percent maybe and just a little bit of like five percent heavy char oak on this one um uh because um i don't know i just i like the feel of it better i like the mouth feel of the american oak versus the french oak in this particular style of rum that we're making um and i just thought you know blindly and we do all this blindly blind tasting so i don't really have any um agenda behind why we went 100%. This was the blend that we picked blindly. Yeah. Um, that we felt was, um, the only thing I would do more to this right now is I want more body to it. Um, I had come up with this blend in the summer. And so it's a in nice, the summer, but it is, no, I can light, see that. Right? But, but in the summer, light was what was great. It, yeah, and so do you know um, Green Hat Gin? No. Mm -mm. So Green Hat Gin was the first gin distillery, or first distillery in DC. Okay since Prohibition. Right. And um, they do some beautiful gins and, and they have their summer, spring, summer gin and then they have their winter gins and it really doesn't. Yes. And, and one has rose right. hips yep. and cherry blossoms of course. And I think that's what we're going to end up doing is this winter summer. His and then, fall, winter is more yeah. juniper, a little stickier yes. and he's it's really nice. That's, yeah. that's exactly how you should do it. And I wonder and Jonathan is his name, he's super nice. He and his uh father-in-law started I'm going to have to go get a bottle of that. Yeah, they have great branding. Oh my God, shut the front door. Their branding is amazing. But yeah. Oh, um, our but. branding is whatever. Um, Ashley, can you make <laughs> us the uh, Manhattan or the Palmetto since it's made with rum? Yep. Would that be okay? Because I want you to taste that because yes. that was what. So you did the spice rum with the common yeah. one. But so yeah, speaking of branding, like we wanted our brand to be like more like wine, right? So we went with the wine bottle right. um, to be like more wine. And then we were like, well, what do we put on there? Um, and I was like, well, you know, if you go into a wine shop, right? and you look at all the bottles of wine, you know, they're beautiful and they're, and they're not yeah. very gender specific. So they're not masculine or feminine. Like, yeah. I mean, think about it like a good Chianti or Bordeaux or, you know, and you're holding it in your hands and it just looks classy. I think there's sometimes. a few French bottles it, or wineries that I would say feel very feminine in their execution, but it's not necessarily feminine. Does that make sense? Right. Like, it's right. not like I go, oh, that's, you know. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know, like, you know, a good bottle of Bordeaux and, and you know, they're just always pretty to look at, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, usually they have like the Bordeaux or the Chateau. I mean, not the Bordeaux, <laughs> Chateau. Um, they have like the little Chateau, like yeah. on the thing, like think of like Chateau Lafitte, like yeah. they have like the actual um, yeah. Chateau on the, yeah, from the, the brick wine, walls, right? yeah, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of Burgundy wines do the same thing. And, um, you know, Cote de Rhone, they, they do a lot. So it's not like, there's not like a feminine picture or a masculine picture. No. It's, and it's usually like outlined with this thin gold strip, you know, with like a deep mahogany red border yeah. around it. And it just looks classy, right? You just feel good holding it, you know? Um, and, and all over the world, Chianti, the same way, right? Like, yep. I mean, Chianti, that's not an overtly masculine or feminine bottle of wine. You know, it looks yep. great. Spain, same way. They get yep. the little gold net, yeah. which the girls will be like, oh, that's pretty. And guys will be like, that's badass, right? It's not masculine or feminine. But if you go into a liquor store, it is overtly masculine. Yes. Like, it's, it's almost like 100% masculine, unless it's overtly feminine, like... Bitch Climax Vodka, you know, <laughs> yeah. like Glitter Bomb Sparkle Vodka made by, yeah. you know, Mariah Carey. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and, and even if it's the best vodka in the world, I can't drink it. Yeah. Because it's fucking Glitter Girl Savage Climax Vodka, and I don't climax, right? Like, I fucking orgasm like a real man. Um, I was like, wait, hold on. Does your wife know this? Yeah. I come. I don't climax. Um, sorry, that was terrible. I told you, I'm a huge piece. So, um, 
so you know, Captain Morgan, Admiral Nelson, Jameson, yeah. uh, Jack Daniels, I and mean, what do I? I mean, every yeah. one of them is like a dude's name, right? Yeah. Old Nick Williams, you know, yeah. um, overtly Jimmy and Johnny. It's yeah. over, and, and the images are all manly, right? Yeah. Like, um, and so I was like, I want to make. Uh, a spear that goes on the shelf that's not masculine or feminine. Yeah. That when you hold a bottle, it's just pretty. And there might, you know, being that we're like savage special operations, <laughs> you know, my business partner's got 14 combat deployments, wow. you know, tier one special operations yeah. on America's most elite unit. Um, you know, and so, you know, him and I having this conversation with our lawyer, our lawyer's like looking at us like Tom, our partner, he's like, and you guys are like savage, like rugby players, like fucking killers. <laughs> and you guys were talking about like masculine and feminine, like it's gotta be beautiful and glad, you know. And he was like, You guys sound like a bunch of women. And um and they kind of like turn around and say thank you. you yeah, we did, I did. I, I said, Well, wait a minute, that's it. Like that's our whole thing because like we've done nothing but preach hard work and family first values, and nobody works harder than a true lady. A true lady gets up first, she goes to bed last, she's yeah. strong, they're powerful. Like a fucking man doesn't mind holding on to a woman, and a woman doesn't mind Man, mind yeah. holding on to a powerful woman and I was like what if we do portraits of true ladies and we do a contest called Portrait of a True Lady and we get this artist and we do portraits of women who inspire hard work family first values that's it we don't give a fuck about their politics we don't give a shit about their social issues or their yeah. social fucking whatevers they just have to work hard and take care of their families other than that like boom so we did this art contest Bruce Corona terrible name for the times yeah. um, but that's his real name <laughs> Bruce Corona spelled the same way Corona, but a beautiful artist from the 82nd Airborne he won our competition and um, presented us with our white lady one, white rum, um, who, um, yeah. I don't know, you've seen her, yeah. lady one, and she's just powerful. She kind of looks like, her name is Marissa Best in real life, but she looks like Amelia Earhart. Yeah, and, she does. You know, she definitely does. And she, she kind of reminds me also of, um, you, we can do it, you can, we can. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Rosie Riveter. Uh, thank you. Um, we've gotten uh, the girl from Game of Thrones, the youngest, the young girl. That oh, uh, up, Aria. Aria, we've yeah, heard that yeah. a few she times. Yeah, with the pointy end. But going back to our labels, you know, um, you know, we pick these true ladies, and each one of our ladies has a story. So our Spice Rum lady, um, she has a story. Um, our our um, Ava-aged lady, she has yep. a story. Her name's Temple Phipps. And you can get on our website, and you can look up their stories. And their stories are really fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Um, so these are real, real women. Real women, real women right? It's so our Spice Rum. That's Elizabeth McCullough. She's obviously a person of color. You yep. can see from the thing. But uh, as of recently, um, after the George Floyd um, incident, um, you know, Black Lives Matter was coming through and, and they were doing a lot of protesting and it was, it was getting really crazy and, and our little town of Clayton's just not set up for that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we really, I mean, if, if they came through here, it would just ruin the town. Um, we don't have the kind of money that the city of Raleigh or Durham has to go and fix that kind of stuff. We're just a very small town. And she ended up getting elected as like president of the Persons of Color Coalition of Clayton, which was like this color coalition of color folks that got put together. Um, it's crazy you can say color folks again. Um, it just seems <laughs> wrong going off the tongue, but that's what they say now. So um, uh, this person's a color, color coalition, and they did a great job unifying this town, saying like, hey, look, we've done so much to overcome racism, and, and, and really, uh, we, we Clayton has had the, all these diversity concerts, uh, and we've had some great conferences. Nappy Roots has played here, which was one of my favorite oh, bands awesome. from, the, from, the, from wow. the 90s, early 2000s, and, uh, and so uh, we've had all these cultural events down here. And thank God we have, because they were kind of like, hey, Clayton doesn't need, you guys don't need to come through here. Like, this is a town that's actually doing it right. Like, yeah. this is a town that doesn't really see in color. Well, um, I think that it's the way you live, right? It's it's not a, here's my stance today, and there's right. where we have a lot of our issues, mm -hmm. I would say, is, but if you can, if you truly, this is the first time I've been here. This, yeah. I just got here on Monday evening. Sure. Um, it's a cute little town. It's, it's so, so cute. stinking cute. It's so nice. Um, um, and so friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And no drama. 
um, very good. little drama in yeah. this town. Um, and so, you know, we're really, really pr proud to have her. And, and so, like, we get, you know. You're an old town, but relatively new. In, yeah, we're, in your, we're old, in your, and it kind of collapsed, and it's yeah. on its rebuild, so. From what but, I understand, anyway. Yeah, that's what you're, I've, you're exactly The little right. history that that's I've gotten is, from yeah. being on the... Uh, on the streets. On the streets yep. of Claytona Beach. That's what I call it. We're not anywhere near the beach, but um, I'm from St. Augustine, north of Daytona, so I call it Claytona Beach, which we have a cocktail go. named after that. Nice. But yeah, so, you know, and it's so funny because, you know, and then Temple, she adopted this child from this woman on an airplane, um, which is a crazy story. She was on Good Morning America and, on, and People Magazine, and so you can oh, look her awesome. up. It's Temple Phipps, and it's a great story, and we were proud to have her on the bottle. I bet. And, um, and it's just, you know, uh, our ladies are, are everything, right? And they inspire what what it is to be a true lady. And, and so, but it's funny, we give the tour and we talk about that and there's always some woman in the group, she puts her fist up like, yes, women's power or, you know, black power or whatever power. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, actually, um, no, uh, there's no power here. There's no agenda. Like we didn't come out and say like, yeah, let's get all the women to get behind our brand and women's rights. Yeah. Not that we're against it or anything, but like that wasn't our agenda, just being fully transparent. We were just like, you know, it just kind of happened by accident. We're just like portrait of a true lady. We're not trying to take a stand for or against well, anything. We don't that, care. Like, as a consumer, though, sometimes you find that, even though, it, and it's not a negative. She found right. greater, people find greater meaning and sure. can relate to and feel more empowered by. Yeah. And I think that's when brands actually behave more naturally, where right. they're more human. They, yeah. You know, we might say something that we don't even, it's like throwing a smile at somebody. You don't intentionally hope that you're going to make their day, yeah. but you never know. You, you never may know. have just, you may have just, yeah given them a little, you didn't give anything away, but you gave them exactly what they wanted. I think that's sometimes when brands have true authenticity that people can ingest it yeah and really it becomes a part and, and you're speaking to her on a different level that yeah. you didn't intend to we did intend to yeah but it's all positive it is yeah, yeah. And, and, you know that's kind of like we don't you know people ask us you know when because be being a cop right um first thing that happened with the george floyd things like what is you guys a stance on black lives matter what did you guys a stance on this what are you guys going to celebrate blackout tuesday are you going to do this or what are you guys going to do um and i said nothing Nothing, like I'm not gonna do anything because I wake up every single day and our, our staff, our staff wakes up every single day to be, to be great human beings. Like yeah. that's all we wanna do is yeah. be good, good human, human beings. beings. When you drink our rum, you're outside of wherever it is that you're at. Yeah. So if you're a piece of shit racist and you're drinking our rum, while you're drinking our rum, hopefully you're not thinking about racism. You're thinking about <laughs> hard work and blue collar ethics, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're a, a, a black man that's been oppressed his whole life, when you're drinking our rum, I hope you're not thinking about oppression when you're drinking our rum. I hope you're thinking about good, thing. good, good, the good hard work that you did to earn our rum. That's why we say uh, work hard and good things happen. Or, you know, our original motto for our, for our company was um, uh, hard work, family first, and at the end of the night, enjoy a craft beverage um, and the whole meaning behind that was if you've worked really really hard and you've taken care of your responsibilities i.e. your family then at the end of the night you deserve to drink a cocktail a spirit any way that you want drink it straight drink it neat put it in a cocktail put an ice cube on it don't put an ice cube on it we yeah. don't care it's more important to us that you took care of your responsibilities first and then you drink it. And we preach that um, here at the bar. We, we've we never had to kick somebody out and it, because they're too drunk. We've never had to worry about a DUI um, because I think it's the culture that, that when you walk in here, there is a there is a sense of culture, of blue collar pride. And, and we want you to be inspired to be a harder working human being. Work harder. Yeah. Complain less. Work harder. <laughs> um, and, and there is no social issues. We don't get behind agendas. We don't care. We don't. But we then, don't, it, then it, that in itself is a social issue, to be honest, because you're talking saying be good be good to your family yeah. work hard all the things those are yeah. all social standards right it's it's in it but in a good way and i yes. don't mean the intent behind again and it's oh, funny because right like if you intentions. if you come back to our, <laughs> if you come to our bar on a friday night 
I'll promise you we have the most diverse bar in town. I promise you we have the most diverse group of human beings. We have gamers that set up on Saturdays and play these like uh, Dungeons and Dragons style games for 12 hours straight on board tables. We have rugby teams coming in here to watch rugby. We've got uh, uh, black, whites, Indian, Hispanic, uh, Cuban. I mean, it's like a cultural melting pot in here. There's nothing in here. um, Which is kind of, it it says a lot because this this town is small. Sure. Yes. But it's very culturally diverse. I mean, you've got all the pharmaceutical companies are here. And so you've got this big mix of of lots of cultures coming together to to work at this one point. I'm starting with a few people I've met. Um, I'm starting to see, oh, yeah. we're yeah. All, from all walks of life. Yes. And, and not yeah. in a bad way, in a and, very and, good and, way. And, you know, we've got surfing on, and my wife always makes this joke. She's like, you know, when I was in high school, me, when, when I was in high school, that, you know, I didn't run with any crowd. Um, and that if you look at a yearbook, I'm with, like, every single crowd. You know, I played football. I was on my that high was school me, surf actually. team. I was track. You know, and I, and I bounced around to everybody. I, I, was, I had my own style of clothing. Um, I was kind of more like this weird combination between <laughs> punk rock and surfer um, but I just really didn't care was, was my genre that's I didn't hilarious like how do like you Goodwill. wear like a, a black leather jacket and board shorts I'm just kidding <laughs> well yeah and, I, and it wasn't really even that it was just like I had this like grunge about me because you know my mom bought a lot of my clothes at garage sales in that I was always a full blast like full blast yeah and my hair was all nappy from the and we can't say nappy anymore um uh, my hair was all ratty from the salt water. Yeah. Um, my hair would get all gross from, from being at the beach all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I've always had this, like, weird... But, but I didn't want to be, like, known as a surfer. And still, in our bar, she jokes, that, like, your bar is the same way. Like, it's just crazy that there's not one single demographic. Like, our brand doesn't have a demographic. Like, I don't know what our demographic is. It's all over the place, man. It's, you know, I think rum is one of those spirits that actually does cross over. And then maybe because of its origins... Um, Maybe it's relationship to like the islands yeah. or the, that yeah, mindset that you get that island vibe yeah. and island vibes. No are worries, like every, pure vida. Yeah, live and let live. <laughs> live just and living let in Hawaii, yeah, yeah. that you know. Right. Um, maybe that's why it just feels. Maybe like that's why I picked rum. Like maybe, maybe you just showed me the light. You're like a therapist. Like maybe that's why maybe. I did because rum it really is and and rum can be so many things. I mean, as you see, like you tasted that Ava rum, yep. like that's the rum that you could drink neat, right? And then like we have drink drinks that we can make a tiki cocktail, and we have drinks that we can make a traditional Manhattan or a old fashioned style yep. <laughs> um, thing. And that's you know seeing now that I'm a year and five months into this, like we're able to just now kind of sit back and say like, wow, like this is what we've built, and like we're still going, we're still making huge moves right now. Um, now that we just won this gold medal too, like we know that we have a good product, um, and we know that we have this like super fancy product, but we don't want to. We we are really out to prove something, and that well, that's something as good is as the last thing you've done. Exactly. That's what I told so the, That's trying. what I told the staff. I was like, like, boys, like it's Monday. Like we're not going to live in yesterday's gold medal. Yep. So, I mean, like I'm really big on like, if it doesn't have to be done right now, don't do it. Um, you know, obviously we want everything to be very clean and everything, but we don't waste time. We don't do things that don't have purpose. And we get out there because to me, the culture, keeping people motivated is the most important part because when you come in here, there's vibes floating around, as, as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah. There are, your vibes floating around, man. And, and people can sense pressure, they can sense intensity. I don't want them to sense any of that. I want them to sense fucking, you can say whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. If you want to wear a mask and have your own private table and have me serve you with a mask and gloves on, I will. If you want to be anti-mask and you want to make out with the girl in the stool next to you, We'll let you do that too. We don't care. We're not going to judge you. We don't, we're not going to ask you about it. We're going to accommodate whatever it is that you want out of this this joint, this establishment, within reason. We're going to provide that experience for you, and it's really worked itself out. Um, That's great. No fights, no drama. We've never had a bad review. Um, 
That's good. So, uh, we love this place, man, and it's good. really cool. I hope you like it. No, absolutely. I hope you like the rum. I do. I do. Very much so. Um, it's really interesting when you talk about how, where you're in, like, that transparency about, like, often you won't have someone say, I don't think it's quite where it needs to be yet. Yeah, like, yeah which it's is not. it's interesting. It's because I mean, it's well because um, if I said it's perfect and then you taste it and you're like, Jesus, this isn't perfect. You no longer are going to believe me when I say I do have something perfect. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, no. Like if I'm selling to and I tell my bar staff like, hey, look, um, sell the truth about what what our rum is to people. Like, yeah. um, our our bar manager is is great with that. But the other thing is that you can't be everything to everyone either. No, um, but we're going in a sense of. Um, deductive tasting. So, yeah. is there is there balance in the spice rum? No, there's not because yeah. it's cinnamon forward. If I if I put my yep. spice rum in front of eight people and say, "What's the first thing you smell?" I think eight people will say, "I smell cinnamon." Yeah. Um, so there you go. There that right off the bat, just on aromas alone, um, deductively would not be a balanced rum at that point. Like yeah. you don't even have to taste it. So you know, we're going for a deductively tasted and tested product that's yeah. what we want but to your point there's honesty behind the brand yes and once yes, you lose it you can't you get can't it. get it back you can't gain it back you can't get, you'll never trust me again you know no. but you know for our white rum like i'm passionate about my white rum i think it's the hardest working white rum i think if somebody were to make a movie on how it was made i think it would be a, a very entertaining movie i mean there's <laughs> literally blood sweat and tears behind that white rum i mean um i mean you i don't broke my during foot coronavirus you don't talk about the blood sweat and tears <laughs> sure. or anything yeah there was a lot of fevers behind making that <laughs> one. okay but i mean like i broke broke my foot kicking in a fermenter, um, you know, because we lost a whole batch. And I, and I don't usually lose my temper that bad. But I mean, this business has really taken me to some really dark places <laughs> and some really high places. I mean, my wife never saw me cry. And working in this business and trying to get this thing open, I mean, like literally I've shed tears like a little bitch. Um, I came here at like 2.30 in the morning and I had like a fucking meltdown um, just by myself in yeah. here alone, just a weeping bitch meltdown well um, that's what happens when you do something that you love though. yeah yeah um but i mean love it yeah and then that white rum like when when it finally when it finally came together and i said dude like that this is it i don't remember the day in september i said holy shit jude you've done it like this is magic it's magic in my mouth this is the best white rum i've ever had in the united states it's not the best in the world but it's the best i've had in the united states i said um okay, like, I want this entered into a contest right now. Let's see how we do. And it came back gold. We got that rating back last Friday. That's and, great. And I cried. Happy tears. I mean, my of wife. Course. I mean, I couldn't hold it back. When, I, when my wife read me, I couldn't even read the note. I was so nervous. She read the note, um, and she said gold, and I thought she was kidding, and she wasn't. And it was just overwhelming yeah. in the moment. In here alone. That's cool. Just us in here. That's but awesome. it was like, it was my own little Emmy Award. Yeah. In here. There was no yeah. fucking crowd. Nobody, yeah. like, to give a speech for, but I was still like giving a speech to like yep. June, my wife. I'm like, I just want to thank Jesus. <laughs> I want to thank my family, my kids. <laughs> you know, fucking Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Did you jump on the couch? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just heard his like, uh, he had that eruption on their new movie. I fucking dug it, man. Like, he, he got mad. He, he got mad on set. Oh, yeah. Cursed yes. out his thing, and, and like the media was just running away with it. And they really turned it into something political. They turned it into like he's upset with Corona, and people aren't. Hey, it was nothing to do. Like I listened to that, and I don't know Tom Cruise, um, and, and I don't believe anything the media says anyway. So I'm not going to make my judgment on what the media tells me to judge. Uh, I mean, what the media does say, Tom Cruise, I think he would be an idiot. But I don't believe the news, so I'm, I, I won't judge Tom Cruise until <laughs> I actually meet him. So when I listen to that uh, with an unbiased attitude.
dude, I heard that, that yelling, and I was like, that's a man who's passionate about getting his job done right now. And people around him are fucking up, and people are fucking up the movie. If you gotta wear a mask because the movie's gotta get made, and because there's a hundred thousand, there's thousands of people getting paid on set. Yes. They gotta get their fucking money. Yeah. I don't think it was about wearing a mask because he cares about COVID. I think he was like yelling, like, hey, fuckers, like, do you guys wanna fucking make a movie? Do you wanna get fired? Do you wanna not have a movie because the Film Actors Guild's gonna fucking shut us down? Because you fucking idiots don't wanna wear a mask, yeah. and you wanna go finger fuck the strawberries over there when you're supposed to be doing blah, blah, blah. Like, knock it the fuck off, or we're not gonna have jobs. Yeah. And like that, I respected. I was like, that's a man who's passionate about getting a movie done, who's passionate about the guy's <laughs> job. Like, that's how I saw that speech in my head. Were you Tom Cruise? So, thank moment? you, Tom Cruise. There you go. Yeah, I felt it. So, All I right. love Tom Cruise. So, I have one last question for okay. you. And so, if Gina, who's my co host, yes. were here, she would ask you yeah. a question. She, yes. ends, she ends every. Married. Yes. Three so kids. Sorry, she, Gina. She asks, um, you know, all the kids today yep. identify with being they have a spirit animal okay they and she'll come up with something brilliant yeah. they see themselves as a monarch butterfly mm -hmm. or a wombat in the outback of australia yeah whatever but if you were a spirit ingredient oh a spirit ingredient anything you fuck cook, i'm all like thinking about animals right now yeah okay you can anything you cook with drink consume any spirit in any ingredient any ingredients what would be your spirit ingredient <sighs> that was a lot harder question than spirit mm -hmm. animal uh spirit ingredients um fucking i don't know cardamom cardamom why i don't know because like cardamom has like a really great aroma like it's a i call it like a potpourri mm -hmm. type of spice um and cardamom always gets overlooked. Like everybody's, everybody knows the nutmeg. Everybody knows the allspice. Everybody knows the clove or the, yeah. you know, cinnamon. But people always look overlook the cardamom. You know what I mean? And yeah. the cardamom plays a I huge feel like part. It's underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking cool because it's cardamom spelled spelled neat. And nobody talks about it. Like if you're like, oh, I added cinnamon, they're like cool. But if you're like, I added cardamom, they're like fucking fancy. Wow, you are fancy. Yeah. You are fancy. Yeah. Damn, cardamom. Never. Yeah. Even, You're pinky never up hit cardamon. That. Yeah. Cardamon. <laughs> you so, need to say all this rum. In a world full of cinnamon to be a cardamom. <laughs> I don't know. That's the craziest question anybody's ever asked me. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, if Gina were here, I think she'd say good job. What a fun drinking podcast. Thanks, man. Thank you for uh, taking your time to come all the way out here. Oh, yeah. And hang out with us. Yeah, thanks and for having You can me. find our rum anywhere in North Carolina. And, um, but at the end of the day, like, dude, fuck my rum. Like, um, get excited about rum. Get ex ex excited about drinks. Yeah. But think local, man, and think craft. And for the crafty people who are listening to this, stay crafty. Yeah. Remember, the, that's what that's what's going to separate the craft spirits industry. Um, and, you know, that's why craft beer won, right? Yeah. Ten years ago, yeah. it was too hoppy. I don't like the hops. And now yeah. what? Everybody wants to put fucking hops in a glass and yeah. just drink that. Yep. So you've got to get creative, man. Like, stop making the neutral spirits and putting them in oak barrels and fooling everybody. Like, yeah. make good spirits that don't need an oak barrel. Put the things in the oak barrel for those who like it. But let's get crafty. Let's get experimental. Um, I like to think most of our listeners, because um, you know, we are the at-home bartender, yeah. are going out looking for the right things. Because we only get behind brands that yeah. we really believe in and think sure. are doing something different and, and really are um, expanding palettes. Yeah, and I said there's a time and a place for everything. There is a time and a place for all beverages. Um, and being here that we're in North Carolina, we have a North Carolina wine called Duplin. 
Uh, you haven't heard of Duplin? No, I have not. Oh, it's got the dolphin, the lighthouse, mm-hmm. the seagull. Mm-hmm. It's made with that Carolina muscadine. Uh-huh. It's super sweet. It's really mm-hmm. syrupy. That's and, cool. um, I don't know it. And, but you know what? Um, people always say, when I'm teaching wine classes, there's a time and a place for everything. And a lot of the wine snobs um, and us learned wine guys that we all fall into wine snobbery at some point in our careers, they always say, well, what do you think about Duplin then? If there's a time and a place, well, I said, you ever been in a hot tub with a bottle of Duplin and two hot ladies? <laughs> Best bottle of wine I've ever had. Just don't tell my wife. Um, no, I am kidding. But you know, there you know. But no, honey, seriously, I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, you know, Duplin wine at the beach is a lot more refreshing than any badass Bordeaux that you can bring to the table. So oh, I would yeah, say, I can't even imagine that, so just, red wine at the at the beach. Yeah. So I always say, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for every beverage, and um, it's your job uh, to find that time and a place to enjoy it. And yeah. so, um, you know, I always say you drink what you like. You do because last time I checked, you got one liver, so I burn it's it from what I really enjoy. Another one, I and mean, you're just full of uh, with philosophy. Is that the right word? <laughs> trying to act smart to keep up with you. <laughs> it's, it's you even dress smart. Off. Like I'm dressed like a huge piece of shit over here, and you look all fancy with your trench coat on and your nice scarf. I look like a bag of. No, you're doing apples. it. I'm not making rum, though. It's true. I'm just talking about it and drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. Right. Cheers. Cheers. So, oh. uh, what do you think, Dwayne? I got to tell you, there's some. Uh, this is some interesting juice. Um, how long have they been distilling? Only for 18 months. And that wow. white rum just won uh, a gold medal. It's it, it's certainly unique. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a daiquiri with that. I, I certainly would love to have a daiquiri with that. But, but each of these rums, I, when I hear new distillery, new rum, you know, I'm kind of a rum, I'm not a rum snob, but I, I'd certainly love my rum. So when I'm ready to, anyway, these are delicious. Yeah, yeah. You uh, impressed with them? I, uh, I'll be grabbing for them. I'm, I'm glad these are my bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be drinking them again. Quite Good. tasty, and I, and if someone asks about them, I can wholeheartedly say, you should try them. Great, great. So uh, out of those three, what are you going to use to make a cocktail? Well, I got to tell you, I was before I showed up. I was definitely going to make a daiquiri with with whatever rum. But you know, this this spice is so interesting. I think it 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 it's worthy of a, a riff on a cable car. Oh, let's go. Yeah, so cable car San Francisco by uh, Tony Abuganin is a blend of spiced rum, Gramonier. Just so you know. <laughs> What's that? I love Tony. He's been on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony's a good guy. He, I'm sure he hearts you too. I know the man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead with uh, an ounce and a half. Ounce and a half? Of that, okay. uh, of that spiced rum. All right. Three quarter ounce fresh lemon. Well, let me catch up with you. Three quarter ounce fresh lemon. I should have cut this ahead of time. Uh, Sleeping on the job on this side, Dwayne. Well, did you make your simple syrup already? Of course I did. So when you say three quarters of an ounce of lime and you're squeezing fresh lime, is that really like a, almost a whole lime if your limes seem to be of like regular juiciness? Limes are so temperamental. Sometimes you can get, I've had ounces give me almost a full ounce. I've had whole limes give me less than half ounce. So yeah, you know me. I uh, I am a big fan of the jigger. I know. I should have grabbed. I was just you know squeezing the lime directly into the glass. I'm such a well, problem. then you know go, but go half lime, or or go whole lime depending on how much. I'd go whole lime if you if you're not okay. measuring anything. 
Because okay. you're using simple syrup and Grand Marnier, and you know Grand Marnier is already balanced and simple yeah. syrup carries it, so. All right, I did that. Okay. Now, is your glass chilling? It is now. <laughs> Chill your glass and then rub, rub it in that, uh, that special cinnamon sugar that you told me you had there. I do. So what I'm going to start I... the shaking. What, I think I missed what was supposed to go in my shaker. Can you give me a... Grand Marnier, three quarters of an ounce. Okay. Three quarters of an ounce. Ooh, we got to squeeze the bottle to get that out. Use it too much. <laughs> we can fix that. <laughs> and then what do I have? How you got simple? your whole lime. And how much Three simple? quarters of an ounce. Three oh, quarters equal, of an ounce. Equal parts. Everything's equal. That makes it easy. Okay. Done. Time to rim my glass. What's the trick? Do you have a trick to rimming um, glasses to make sure it stays nice and uh, on the edge? Well, what I do is I chill my glasses first. And then once yep. they're chilled, uh, and but dry, so like if you keep a glass in the refrigerator, take it out for a minute, it'll start to condensate, and then you just tap it into the sugar. In the absence of that, wet the side of your glass, oh, usually with your lemon, that you, your lime. Okay. But you want to keep that. it, you don't want it too damp, and then you can just touch it down, yeah. There we go. How's that? What do you think? I think you've done well. Great. See? All righty. All right, get to shaking. Get to shaking. Nice and frosty. <laughs> and then you know me, I strain as many times as I possibly can to get all those little ice chips out. That's because so I like that. straining is, is a good idea. Or you can, leave, you can leave ice chips in if you like. Makes it quicker. Well, then you just have to drink your drink faster before those ice chips melt and dilute it down. <laughs> pretty, pretty orange twist. Okay. All right. And just, do you want to twist it over the top? Twist it over the top, then rub it along yep. the rim and drop it in. Okay. I did it. Cheers. Oh, that looks tasty. Cheers. This is really good, Dwayne. Yum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this Really this nice works. with the spiced rum. It, yeah, really nice with the spiced rum. You know um, the spice? No, I seemed, uh, I wouldn't say their spiced rum seemed um, had really uh, cinnamon forward and even Eric talked about it, obviously. Um, so what do you think? You like that cinnamon forward? Um, I absolutely love cinnamon. So I was torn between going with the cable car or going with uh, cinnamon and, and grapefruit in a uh, Danga Punch style drink, which is like my favorite tiki drink of all times. But I settled on this one because I did. And because <laughs> <laughs> you can. <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting mm. if anyone, um, if you couldn't say, okay, so um, in still being a new distiller, we always want to support um, up and coming distillers. They're, you know, harder to get, harder to find. You know, they're definitely in North Carolina. They made it into ABC stores for them, which is really great. Um, in what is when you look for a spice rum, this is a category I don't know, I know almost nothing about. When, what do you look for when you, if we were standing in the aisle and looking at an aisle full of rum that, you know, you're like, ah, um, what kind of, what suggestions can you give our listeners? I got to tell you, um, a lot of people say they like spice rum or they don't like spice rum. And there's one brand out there that pretty much defined the category before all of the wonderful entrants that are available now. So when I say spice drum, if you say that, everyone doesn't, no one orders a spice drum and Coke, they call it by name. Everybody calls for the captain. Um, yeah. there's, there's definitely other spice drums out, out there that either, some yield cinnamon, some lean cardamom, some lean vanilla, uh, you know, I, there's an amazing variety. So it's as broad as the rum category itself and it really can be dictated by your preference. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a spiced rum I, and you enjoy, spiced rum usually translates into baking spice, right? So yeah. some lean okay. more clove, some lean more vanilla, cinnamon's definitely always there, but some get ginger. Uh, well, you know, your friend Todd, Todd in, here, here in DC has a, yeah. his green spiced rum with cardamom and, all, and lemongrass and all these different things. So spiced rum, has really been opened up and it's amazing what the, what the category can produce and it's not just that generic baking spice semi-sweet rum there's um some dry spice rums gotcha. with some pleasant flavors so i know that wasn't helpful for anyone looking to make a decision no, except for explore don't yeah. close don't Try close and find down the category like. Yeah, and and um, and go beyond the the known brands. You know, go into maybe the more crafted spaces and see. Um, that's great. No, I mean that's great because obviously just standing there looking at it. Um, sometimes, it, the, to your point, is it, it's a varied uh, spiced uh, spirit. So be adventurous. Don't let one help decide for you. Because um, this one's this is lovely. This is I really would buy nice, so this. Thank you. I would buy this just for the bottles standard sorry, bottles but you know it, it has that wine bo i'd buy it just for the bottles you know the wine bottle it's, it's it's like buying wine you go through and you don't know any of the wine labels but you catch one so you, you went you buy your trusted and true but you want to try something different so you look for the artsy labels that appeal to whomever certainly to me i like that so and these are yeah. great labels i mean these women are they're looking each one of them is looking just past me. So I feel like I know them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some pictures look right through you or, I, or look like they're looking at you. <laughs> Each of these women are looking just past me like I'm not in the room and, I, and I'm attracted. I love that. So I would pick up each Enjoy one the of these. emotionally unavailable, do you? Uh, <laughs> Eric and I did talk about their branding and how um, the whole point was to um, obviously stand out in the category um, and stand by their values. So I thought it was very interesting um, because each the the guys who started it are very like 
guy guys and the fact that they have very feminine labels I think is uh, and, and they feel very passionate about it it wasn't just on a whim or we thought we'd be better in the category you know it wasn't just pure branding that got them there um, they had a lot of uh, emotion behind and reasoning behind their branding so I of course applauded them for it so well I'm glad you enjoyed the rum and it's funny you brought up cardamom because I did my job unlike other times where I failed to ask what that spirit um, ingredient is and aren't you proud of me that I remember to ask him about his spirit um, ingredient and they told us that he was cardamom oh my gosh yes <laughs> cardamom cardamom so um, all right then, brought you back some gifts from North Kakalaki. And the drink, the rum's good. Yes, good, I'm glad you like it. All right, well, I like cheers. this rum a lot more than that Hawaiian rum that, you, that we met over. Actually, and you always get this wrong. We met way before then, and you just don't remember it. We met back at the Four Seasons. You were sitting in the, you weren't working. You were sitting in the booths over in the corner and uh, Torrance was, was, was working and he's like, she was hey, that's, that's the man over there. <laughs> she was checking me out. <laughs> and then she came over and looked right past me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we know each other now. Cheers. Thanks to a beautiful Salute cocktail. to you, dude. All right. Have a great day. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. Thank you.